everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jans. This is episode 157. P, by another name, smells the same. On this episode, Scott and I challenge each other on what we would do when encountering wildlife on the trail. We share some tips and answer a question, does peeing around your campsite really protect you? Well, we are here to tell you the truth, and you may not like it. Get talking about this topic, just join in on our Facebook group page, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and start the conversation come hang out with us and be part of our community so right now remember there are some killer deals out there because there are so many online retailers that have a whole lot of gear inventory we've seen a lot of prices come down specifically in backpacks and other pieces of gear we put all of that gear in one place for you just go to thebackpackerstore.com where the power is in the search you can use the search area to type in the piece of gear that you want and then compare prices from all the major online outfitters like REI, Moose Jaw, Camp Saver, Eastern Mountain Sports, Osprey Packs, Hyperlite, and all the rest. That's www.thebackpackerstore.com. There's even a section for coupon codes. What? All the places that offer coupon codes. In full disclosure, we built that site for you. We do take a small commission of any gear you buy. It It's free for you, and it also helps support the podcast. So that's the backpackerstore.com. And by the way, I've seen a lot of activity on that site. So we really appreciate everybody uh, going to that site and looking around. Thank you very much. Also, go to trustthetrailpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter email about trips meetups and events we just sent one one out on the first but we're sending another one on the 15th for updates on what's opening up what looks like it's going to be good uh and so we have some updates so go ahead and sign up for that newsletter we also share some other specific goodies on that email so i'll go ahead and sign up so miss petrucci it has been crazy in our front yard with wildlife right (laughs) we were sitting here talking about wildlife when we realized Mm. that you know over the course of the last like three months i think we have encountered mother nature taking over every animal every insect every possibility has entered our front yard and they are they are taking back over the land yeah it's like living your own private lion king (laughs) Like the circle of life is happening in our front yard, and we live in the city. That's what's so crazy about it's, it. It started with it. So it started with mo- mockingbirds. Yeah, started mo- with the northern mockingbird. Right, and we we learned how to bird watch. We were very mm-hmm. invested in the process. Um, they were building a nest right outside of our home, um, and then they got a little on the territorial star- side. Yeah. Um, Dino and Caldonia were wondering why they were being uh, bird bombed right. <laughs> with with completely no warning whatsoever. And we became a nice little family with yeah. the birds. We became and we were, one. We were very excited to see these babies hatch until... The king snake ate them. <laughs> until we walk out the front door and there is a snake on our front porch. Well, not just a snake. And it no was more a king, bird. It was a king snake. No more birds. And no more birds. <laughs> Then we have some unexplained infestation of bugs 
Red bugs. Very beautiful, I might add. I, I can only say that they look alien to me. I've never seen these bugs before. They're red. They seem to have taken over our entire street. <laughs> and then, as of Sunday, the bees moved in. And now we have bumblebees. I feel like I'm in the 1977 movie, The Swarm. And again, our dogs are going, uh, I'm being dive-bombed again <laughs> from the bird. And now the bees. The bees don't really seem to care. Like, we we actually, it's kind of funny. Like, the bird was, um, you know, the mockingbird would, would, would kind of, like, tell us to get away. But I stood next to this swarm. I'm not, I'm, we're not talking about a few bees. We're talking hundreds of bees. I stood next to them for two days. And Ariana was like, you yeah. know, there's, like, bees right next to you, right? It's, I'm like, like, the loudest thing. It's yeah, so, so like, loud. I know. I thought, you know, like, I was starting to, you know, like, hear a humming in my ear. And she's like, no, that, like, a swarm of bees next to you. I'm like, what? Of, of course. So, I, I, so I am allergic. I think allergic. pollinate. Yeah. And, and Ariane's allergic to bees. So, you should see me when I'm trying to, like, get the dogs out of the front door. There's nowhere for us to go. It is either, like, through the swarm of bees and the snake and the birds dive bombing you. Or... I, there's no other option. We have our own little wildlife sanctuary. It's really like ten feet away from our door. So you never know who's going to show up. We'll see what happens next week. But this podcast is about wildlife, and I think it's kind of appropriate, even though uh, the wildlife that we're going to be talking about is a little more, uh, in most cases, large. And for most people, it's that's the one thing that they're kind of um, you know worried about. And, uh, you know, a little, little uh, I don't want to say scared, but maybe a little, you know, trepidatious. Maybe a little like, you know, like there's a little fear in there about what if I see a tall bear. Tale, tall tales. Yeah, about yeah. All the things that could go wrong in an encounter. And, 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 of course, we're walking into their territory and they're perhaps a little perplexed as to why we are... Crashing their party. Right, absolutely. So we're gonna so, go. We're just gonna go through a couple scenarios. Ariane's gonna ask me questions. I'm gonna ask her questions about what would you do. Yeah, and if. So provide a little bit of like confidence uh, for for knowing what to do and how how the different nuances are in encountering the different uh, animals. Yeah, absolutely. So so Ariane has um, graciously put post-it notes together. And I've got here, here's a, I've got many post-it notes. And she, yeah, I, I, I come in the house the other day and our hand goes, I have crumpled post-it notes in my hand. I'm like, okay, you're going to pick some. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, pick I thought four. I, I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> pick, pick four. I thought this was some sort of like, you know. Okay, we're going to talk about things, but it was a wildlife. So each post-it note had a piece of, uh, had a wildlife in there. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to ask you, what would you do if okay. you saw this? Yep. Okay? Okay. Um, the first one is, what would you do if you saw a giraffe? No, I'm kidding. What would you do <laughs> if... <laughs> you're hiking on the trail right uh, yeah and you see a snake what would you do well 
I know what I've done in the past when my dog has been standing over a rattlesnake. I you pretty much scream seconds. bloody murder. You have 10 seconds left. Okay. <laughs> am I close to the snake? Do I see it from afar? No, or you're very am I close. about to step on it? You're about to step on it. And it's close. Um, realistically, I'm probably going to be shocked and I'm going to fall over like a turtle on my back. I'm like a little cockroach with the legs dangling in the air <laughs> trying to get back up in a panic. It's probably realistically what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to stop dead in my tracks. Um, and I'm going to figure out what it's doing. And I'm going to go around it. Very far around it. Um, what if it you depends can't? What if you what, can't go around it? really it. depends on what the snake is. You're if on a ridge. Harmless... There's nowhere to go around it. There's a snake in the middle of the trail. There's thousands of different species of snakes. Is it venomous? I don't know. You don't know. Oh. It's on. It's, it is coiled and it's hissing okay. and spraying <laughs> a venomous poison. I am going to stop and back up <laughs> and I'm going to contemplate what my next move is going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it its space, like an exuberant amount of space. And it's telling you, pick the apple. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I, I am not going near that thing. Well, it's very likely that it's venomous and it's a rattlesnake. It sounds like you are talking about a rattlesnake. Well, actually, uh, where we live in the southeast, it would probably be um, a copperhead, if anything else, because we have a ton of them out here. How many did we see at Dockery Lake oh my the gosh. other day? And this guy was fishing in the lake. He probably pulled out two or three copperheads and it was like, eh, got another copperhead. Now, I've encountered a lot of snakes on the trail and... You know, in some cases, it's been our dogs have encountered them first and discovered them for us. But in most cases, they do disguise themselves pretty well. It's rare that you see them before you're probably on them. Right. So probably on the trail, you're only going to see them when the sun is hitting the trail. Or there has been a tree that has fallen across the trail and they're hiding underneath that tree trunk. So, yeah, that's it's happened quite a bit. I mean, I, I'll never forget the time I was in, while well, I was on the Dockery Lake Trail, right off the Appalachian Trail. We're teaching backpacking boot camp. And that's, that's when the, we, the, um, uh, the detective, police officer, took our boot camp. Right. And I'm lecturing him. <laughs> I remember. I'm lecturing him. We were at a, we were right, right next to a creek, and there was a ton of tree blowdown, and you know wet, and those trees had been there forever, and so it was a lot of rotted tree, which snakes love that too. They love that wet wood, and uh, a lot of leaves, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, so whatever you do, we're collecting firewood, which is like the, that's usually going to be your snake encounter time when you're collecting firewood, and I'm lecturing them on beware of snakes, and he goes, you mean like. The one by your foot? <laughs> and I'm like, I looked down and it was a copperhead. Yeah. I'm like, yes, like that one. <laughs> and, but, but most of the time, most of the time, snakes are going to be okay um, unless they're coiled. Now, when they're coiled, that is like, you know, backup time. That is like, you got to give them their space because they feel threatened. Now, another time we were hiking, I was with Brian DeLay, the legend, on a uh, few podcasts ago. We were hiking in the Pisgah. I stepped over a log that had fallen over the trail. And on my way down 
as my foot was coming down, there was a rattlesnake right there, and it was rattling. Right. But it wasn't coiled. And that was the difference. Like, it, it says, hey, man, dude, you know, like, I'm chilling out right, right now. So I'm going to let you know, like, I don't like you being here. But I'm really too lazy to bite your ankle. Um, if it was coiled, that would be... That would be one thing. But luckily, I mean, my foot literally stepped right next to his head. I mean, I couldn't believe I wasn't bitten. But I think that's what you have to kind of look for. First, is a snake coiled? Try to identify the snake. So it's always a good idea to kind of know your venomous venomous snakes, like in the geographical area that you're hiking in. Right, because there's too many to learn. Oh, my God. Otherwise. There's thousands. Literally thousands. I mean, I thought the black snake that ate our birds were, <laughs> I mean, it's not venomous. It, but but still, I no. hated that snake. Right. To me, it was ven- venomous. It ate the mockingbird. <laughs> it could no longer or- mock us in the morning. <laughs> Dino and Caldonia, I'm sure, were happy. They're very happy. <laughs> you know, like, thank you, Mr. King Snake. Um, but, I, I, you know, you just kind of have to be careful, man. And you just, you know, the, that's the one thing about snakes in the backcountry is that when you're collecting firewood, that's usually when you're going to get bit. When you're hiking over a log or you're in a very tree-blown-down area, that's probably where you have to be careful. As you um, were hiking in the Conestoga River, going through all that blowdown. Oh, so much. That's definitely where they were going to be. Right. It's notorious for copperheads right around the waterline. It, like, stuck in all that debris and that blowdown. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I came very close to many of them, but I, I didn't see them. They were extremely well disguised in all of that. So so, I, so first of all, here's the thing, um, and um, we have to kind of clarify this because, you know, we're talking about snakes, is that so Wilderness First Aid, Wilderness, Wilderness First Responder School, they will teach you this. Um, just get back to the car as, as, as calmly as you can. Do not buy the snake kit at Walmart <laughs> with the little razors and the little yellow box with a little razor on it. Like, like, yeah, I've just been bitten by a copperhead. Just shave my leg a little bit before you bite into my leg. That venom is already circulating in your bloodstream, in your bloodstream man. I mean, it's when, as soon as you get bit, it's in your system. There's no, those old fashioned times about sucking the blood out or cutting. You, you want to, you know, you could try to put a tourniquet on it. Absolutely. To try to stop that blood flow in that area. But by the time you take your belt off and put it around there, that venom's already in your blood system. I mean, the thing is, is like you're trying to slow your heart rate to like keep from pumping through and like your elevated excitement and like fear driven emotions are going to elevate the circulation of it and that you have to stay as calm as possible and get back to help as quickly as you can don't run don't don't, skip don't yeah just just calmly just say (laughs) oh man i got bit but hastily yeah i mean it just i mean that's it i mean i that's the that's i i hate to i hate don't hate me don't hate the messenger but yeah. that's really what they teach you. The best in thing you could do is identify the snake by through a photo. Which you or know, what? like yeah, like when I you know you get bit, like the last thing I'm thinking the, of taking a photograph. In your head, it's like it's every it's every possible snake and every possible like uh, it, markings and coloration, and then you, you get there and they're like 
Okay, that makes no sense. There's no snake that looks like what you described. You know, when I got bit, when I got bit by the brown recluse, you know, they they asked me like, did you get a photograph of it? And I'm like, are you? Kidding? I didn't even know I got bit. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, okay, snakes are tr- snakes are tricky because there's there's so many different variables and types and 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 some of the other species that we're gonna be. Well, I should say, you know, animals that we're gonna be talking about. They don't have so many species within them. So that's a huge variable, but it's good to talk about because snakes yep. are a, a rather feared encounter. Well, and it's, a, you know, like, I, I know I kind of hit you with the first one, but that's probably, everything we're going to talk about, that's probably more of a reality than any of the other ones we're going to talk about. We so should probably get rid of the good news on. and bad news first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's probably much more of a reality than any of the wildlife we're going to talk know, about. You know, I met a gentleman two weekends ago, and he was coming down, and he had a huge smile on his face. He was coming down from the Appalachian Trail, and... He was testing out his gear, trying to prep for a larger hike. And um, he's like, yeah, I just, I ran into a rattlesnake and I was like, you know, like 600 feet away from the AT and I didn't quite make it. And I was like, okay. He was like, I don't really have anywhere I need to, to be. Nothing is so important that I need to walk around this rattlesnake. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't and you're stuck. Right. Yeah. You're, so, you're, you're um, on a ridge and you've got nowhere to go and that, that rattler's on the trail. Guess what? You might as well just uh, walk about, uh, you know, 50 yards back and uh, take a nap or cook a meal or have a snack. Or... Wait for it to get it. <coughs> wait for it to move along. Absolutely. Uh, space. Space is probably the most important key component in any of these that we're going to be talking about. All right. Well, let me hit you up with yeah. one. Can you post the notes? <laughs> what do you got? Skunks. Oh. Somebody wanted to know about skunks specifically, and I think that this is a really good topic because that you don't you don't think about skunk encounters, but they're there. Yeah, and that and it's unfortunately it's usually um, not the person; it's your dog that irritates the skunk to the point that it sprays it. Absolutely. So, all right, you're it's daylight. Not nighttime. Okay. Okay, they're a little bit more nocturnal, but it's during the day. You are walking on the trail, and you see a skunk walking towards you. Is it angry? What are you going to do? Is it mad? Is it really running at me? No, it's it's, it's walking towards you. Okay, if it's walking towards me, I'm not worried at this point. Good. If it's walking backwards towards me, I'm definitely afraid. Good answer. If the but, tail is up and it's walking backwards, first of all, kudos to that skunk who can do it. I mean, I mean, let's okay for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead. Uh, some skunks, the spotted skunk, is known to do a headstand before spraying. So really? they're very talented. Yeah, creatures. that's like an acrobatic type spray. So if you see that, you're in trouble. <laughs> if you see that, <laughs> you're, you're definitely, that that might be. I the, mean, I'm gonna stay and watch it. And yeah, that and, might be and, the only. If if I'm seeing a skunk do a headstand with its tail up and spraying, I'm okay. And I'm gonna get sprayed, and I'm gonna take it. Might I'm, as well take video. I'm gonna probably <laughs> take a photograph of that. Might as well take video. I mean, I want to see this in action. I mean, okay, it, so <laughs> that's not might. It might be worth it for that video because that's gonna, you know, that's gonna go viral. I'm gonna beg to differ. You, you know, you're gonna get Google ad revenue for that. <laughs> 
Okay. So, uh, so you, you, you actually answered correctly. Uh, well, you kind of missed a key component, but like, if you see a skunk in the trail, like I, I would, I would be cautious regardless of which way, but he, it's likely that he doesn't see you yet. If he's walking towards you, it's very likely that he hasn't noticed you. So stop, obviously, slowly back up. Uh, You know, you need to give him as much space. So there's actually five species, five different species of skunks, and not all of them look like Pepe Le Pew. Do they all? (laughs) They all have similarities and like some are like masked and spotted and so on and so forth. I think you can identify skunk when you see one for the most part. They have like similar characteristics. Pepe Le Pew, by the way, was so misunderstood. You know, (laughs) he he was French. He just, you know, I mean, he was just so misunderstood. So misunderstood. You're probably going to encounter them more at dusk and dawn, but it's very likely that you might see them in the daylight. So here's the biggest thing to know. Um... They're really just searching for anything they can find, like insects, small animals. They're digging around. They're doing their thing. They are probably not aware of your presence when you stumble across them. So they have terrible eyesight. Terrible. They, I think they can only like see like less than 10 feet in front of them. They're like nearsighted. But they have excellent smell, excellent sound. So... By the time you're too close, you have startled them if they don't see you coming and, like, run off. You have to be pretty close to them. Yeah, you have to be relatively pretty close to them to frighten them. Now, I would say if you smell a skunk smell, they're probably nearby, so be cautious and aware. That skunk smell, you can smell for miles sometimes. Oh, man, that's so potent. But I think don't dogs, mostly dogs get more sprayed. Well, dogs are so curious by nature. They go right up to the skunk. And if the dog can't, if the skunk can't see, it's going to spray the dog. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you're only, so skunks are completely harmless outside of this pungent, potent smell that we all try to avoid, you know? But... But really, a skunk is only going to spray given a last resort because it only has so much reserve. And it takes over a week, like up to 10 days for that reserve to rebuild. And so it is pretty much vulnerable for a long period of time without its only protection. So it's really a last resort. So you really have to startle that skunk for it to go at you. And it's usually animals that do that. And I would it's usually think animals. It's a- They're curious. They don't. They, they don't see the black and white and then go, <laughs> yeah, you have your space. I'm just going to leave you alone. But they have incredible accuracy and aim. And they can spray 10 feet, up to over 10 feet, actually, with, like, direct accuracy. And so that's why, you know, dogs don't even stand a chance. No. And I would think, too, like, I, I was at a campground, and I can't remember what campground I was at, but the skunks were readily viewable. I mean, they were all over the place. They are but they, not concerned about No, you. they don't. I mean, in if fact, they, they, ver- they know humans real well, and they know fear really well. So yeah. about the only time you're going to get sprayed by a skunk startled. is if you, if, yeah, if you startle it, or I would imagine your pet becomes involved in that relationship. <laughs> I usually skunk smells to me, there's a dog involved. You know, usually when we get questions about skunks or we see it on uh, uh, forums, how do I get the skunk smell off of my dog? Well, if you, if you can teach your dog to dive straight backwards 
and off to the side. And dodge a 10-foot Right, like accurate. Right. If you can teach them that, then like you have better than average chances. But otherwise, if your dog's off leash and it's doing its thing, curious by nature, and it startles a skunk, that skunk is going to react. Well, our dogs are going to be sprayed. All so they're, they're nothing, you know, skunks, skunks honestly are nothing to be concerned about. Uh, they're really no threat to you, even though they do bite. They're going to, before they get to the biting stage, you're going to be sprayed. Okay. But other than that, it just smells absolutely awful, and you know, there's some health issues there. Yep. But Okay, so am I asking a question now? Is it my turn? Okay. Okay. You're hiking in Arizona or in California. You're in the desert. Okay. Or out west. All right. A lot of a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. You're hiking the Arizona Trail. <laughs> oh my goodness. Or the Pacific Crest Trail. Okay. And you encounter a mountain lion. Oh, that's a good one. What do you do? I just I start crying. <laughs> just just sit after, down and cry. After your long cry is over with. <laughs> I have officially uh after my long cry is over with, um, I'm going to turn to you and be like, Scott? You're not hiking with me alone. <laughs> uh, I do not have a good response, but I know it's going to stalk me. And I know if it has its eye set on me, I'm pretty much effed. So I'm probably going to throw something at it, to be honest. Is that, I, I'm probably going to throw something and try to intimidate it. And look behind me and see if I'm being stalked by a, a similar creature. Well, mountain lion, mountain lion attacks are rare, but they do happen, and they're happening a little bit more because, you know, we're we're building and we're encroaching in in their territory. Uh, quite frankly, mountain lions are coming into urban areas because um, people are leaving their little you know puppies and their cats out on their patio, and so they're coming in. They're already starting to associate. Hey, I can go down to uh, Sunset Street and eat some, you know, eat some pets that are in the backyard, and then you go hiking on a trail. But human attacks are really super, super. I think you kind of have rare. to look at their body language. They're, they're infinitely small. So one of the things that um, we would suggest when you're gonna, and and some of them, there's been attacks, um, people that have been mountain biking. There's been a few attacks on uh, for people that are hiking, and they've encountered mountain lions. Now, attacks are really super rare. I'm not saying you, you're not going to encounter them. Um, I encountered mountain lion footprints when I was in the Sycamore Wilderness Canyon, but you know I didn't see any. All this wildlife, by the way, I would say like 99.9% of the time, they're going to see you first. And so you're never going to know that they're there. But as far as mountain lions go, um, you're more likely to drown in your bathtub. Good than to know. be killed or be killed by a pet dog or get hit by lightning. Um, and quite frankly, if mountain lions had any natural urge to hunt humans, um, we would be in big trouble. <laughs> Because there's a lot of mountain lions out there. So they normally don't hunt humans. It's usually very, very territorial 
they're hungry, we have taken their food supply away, and they're desperate. And so, by the way, this podcast, it's all going to come back to us. I mean, we are in complete control of all this wildlife encounters in the the wilderness. Right. It's really us. Um, But mountain lions are really, rarely are going to uh, attack um, at all. Um, If you're hiking and you see a mountain lion, what do you do? Well, just stay calm. You stand your ground, just like you said. So don't cry. That's not calm. (laughs) Well, don't try shed not to cry <laughs> and show the mountain lion weakness. <laughs> try not to cry. All right. um, maintain direct eye contact. I can see that. Stare down. It's going to be hard to do if you're crying and you're wiping your tears off your I eyes. I won't it's cry. It's going to be hard to do. Uh, if you're hiking with children, pick up your children. Um, All right. They're, but, they're an easy. But you can't do that without bending down. You have to be taller than the mountain lion. That's the goal. You have to be bigger than the mountain lion. Okay? You have to be bigger than it. Um, and never, ever, ever, ever turn, turn your, back. your back. Yeah. Um, because that's just instinctively things. Just you, in, your prey. Your prey. So never turn that. And You're then just an back easy away. Chase. Back away slowly. Very strong. You know, make sure that you are in control of your situation. Um, and back up, but for the love of God, look where you're going when you're backing up. <laughs> you trip on that rock, you know, you might be in trouble. So, so mountain lion encounters are very rare. Very, 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 very so the rare. more standing their territory up against you. Yeah. More, you know, more than looking for trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, again, it's uh, the, the, the only reason why mountain lions actually make themselves visible is because they're they've gotten to the desperate point of um you know food and so they're going to come and challenge a person they think they can take down um it's probably always good if you're in a geographical area where there could be mountain lions to you know maybe have a hiking partner and kind of hike as a team um depending where you are but but for the most part you're going to be okay. But if you see one or if one challenges you, just do not turn and run. Stare down stare down that mountain line. Make noise, you know, and, um, you know, just give it some space. But do not turn and run. That, that's, the, that's the big key there. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, then, and, then, and then cry. And then cry afterwards. Right. Okay. After you become strong. You get your next. All right. All right, well, we're talking big uh, encounters here, so let's go moose. Let's go directly at the moose. So, moose is interesting. You've had encounters with moose, so you should be able to answer this question correctly. You mimed a moose one time. I I did mime that there was a moose encounter. You you had a moose encounter, and then you mimed it (laughs) to tell me there was a moose in camp. I was very excited about this moose. It comes running at me. It's It's a small, it's a small well, it's not a small baby. It's like an adolescent. The that baby was, was taller, taller than, than us. <laughs> what are you talking about? He was still so young. Um, but knowing that, uh, you know, I was very thrilled. It was the first moose I had ever seen. So definitely thrilled. 
Um, so no, I didn't go chasing it. I walked the other way to let you know that I had just seen a moose and rub in your face that I had seen a moose. And then you mimed it across what everybody saw. Because I didn't want it to run away. I think Ariana's miming right now. That is the point. I gave it space and I was quiet and I didn't yell at it. (laughs) Things you should not be doing. Um, okay. So you encounter a moose, right? And you're relative safe distance. But the moose drops his head and you're not really quite sure and it pees. Are you in danger or can you continue on? Well, um, so based on the experience I have had, I saw bull moose come into camp in I Royale mm-hmm. and we, him, big boy, and I were pretty close to each other face to face. Right. I'd say about 20 yards. Okay. We looked each other in the eye. Okay. And luckily for me, he was chasing his date for the night. <laughs> and he looked at me and he probably ascertained that I was not suitable for his needs. <laughs> <laughs> and... He this can, is turning into an X-rated podcast. <laughs> and he 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 started to go and crush trees like you would hear in some kind to, of sci-fi movie. Towards you or away from you? Away from okay. me. Okay. So So he went to go chase. I stood there and I I I I was frozen because he was gigantic. Gigantic. Oh, they are massive, and and it was I, a bull. It was a male bull moose. Right. I mean, I think right. well, it, extremely I, intimidating, but oh, beautiful. Beautiful, beyond. but very intimidating. Absolutely. So, what if he had started walking towards you? What would your reaction have been? I would have just started backing up. I would have looked him in the eye and just kept on. I would have backed up, and those moose are fast too. Yep. So. I think I, they can run uh, about thirty miles an hour, which <laughs> is faster than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for every for every one step you have, he's I mean, I would have been like, I like Boinko. I don't know what I, I but I, you know, like I've known in my backpacking career, the my first instinct is to back up. That's that's the first thing. Like don't turn, but I just back up and let the moose know I am not coming at him because most wildlife. When you walk towards them, that is a direct attack to them. So I would have, I would have just started backing up to the best of my ability. Okay, all right, you did, you did, you did good. Uh, you did pretty good. With and that. then a year later, write the book "Attack by a Moose." <laughs> so, so moose are moose are unique because they're they're enthralling, they're breathtaking, they're 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 gorgeous, they're intimidating like you know all you want to do is just sit there and stare you want to stand and watch every single move because they're 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 very enthralling creatures and they're also kind of very curious of you they're not necessarily frightened by you um in many cases you can get really close to a moose and think it would be safe to kind of walk up towards it because it's is eating grass you know kind of once you know yeah um so it's kind of a little like you're not really sure what you should do and it's a little finicky but moose are moody creatures and they can turn 
in a second. They can, they can, they're like gymnies. They can, and I can say that because I'm a gymnai. <laughs> they're what? They're gemini's? I just, I just, <laughs> yes. Are you saying gemini's are moody? I <laughs> just decided to throw that into the podcast. Okay, good to know. Don't know that I would actually say that again. Had I been given the opportunity to retract upon that. Did not know moose were Gemini's. Moose are moody. All right. Mooses are moody. All right. The moody moose. (laughs) But they're, what you think they're going to do, it can change in a split second. So so the best thing that you can do is kind of understand their behaviors and go into that in a second. But do not stand your ground. This is not something you want to challenge you're not going to look it in the eye you are not going to throw something at it or offer it food you are going to put a barrier in between you a very sturdy barrier in between you and that moose if he starts to approach you now if you just see him and he's not creating any warning signs and you're just like watching him and he's ignoring you all is good. Watch away, but keep your distance. If he starts to approaches you or challenges you, that is when you just, you, you, you back up extremely quickly and put a barrier between you and him because he is going to, he's going to challenge you and he's probably going to run at you. Um, especially in rut season, especially in rut season. Rut season is the worst because, you know, I mean, let's be frank. They're horny, and they they they're thinking differently. Yeah. And if they think you're a challenge, they're gonna take you out. That I mean, that's they're, just that's just the way it they're is. They're rarely aggressive, except for in they can in rut get season, aggressive, absolutely. and moms can get aggressive if you block the pathway to her your her calves. Like, it, any mother instinctually is going to react adversely to, and in and in most cases, every single animal you never put yourself in between. But yeah, I think I think that could be a, like a blank statement. When a mom has her young, don't get in between. <laughs> it's not like and humans. That covers you don't go up to all it. of the wildlife out there. <laughs> and done. And done. <laughs> Chapter complete. No, so I asked you if if uh, I asked you if he urinates. You know, do you feel safe moving forward? He's dropped his head and he's urinating, right? Well, I that think that's is a trick a, question. That is a bad sign. <laughs> that is a bad sign. Uh, if he's stomping, if he's stomping his hooves, if he's, you know, if he has his hackles, the hair on the back of his 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 back, if if those are up, if he drops or throws his head, if he urinates, these are all things that you should go ahead and find that barrier very very quickly. So if he drops his head and urinates, um, not good. I not should good. drop my head and urinate. I'm going to say, do not challenge <laughs> them. I'd be peeing my pants right there. Yeah, you're not supposed to yell at them. Uh, don't make yourself bigger than them. You can never achieve that. Oh, it's impossible. It's impossible. They're massive creatures. So I think I've told this story before. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I've told this story before. But when I saw the bull moose come through um, camp at I Royale, do you know that... It sounded like, I, I can only, I'm sure I've said this before, but it sounded like a sci-fi movie. It sounded like the, the old sci-fi movies where you hear the trees crunching, like there's some sort of mysterious, you know, figure coming through the woods. not graceful. Well, 
it, you can hear the tree. You can hear the trees breaking. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like you know these, these snapping of trees, and you're like, what is that? What is that? Well, in my instance, it was a bull moose. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't think I would like. I don't think I would stare down a bull moose thinking. I think I can win this fight. Stats say that you are more likely to die of a moose encounter in your vehicle than you are on a trail. That seems highly depressing. (laughs) So you find out on the trail. Don't challenge it. Uh, Let's say worst case scenario. You survive a moose encounter. You've, You've been stalked by moose for days. The moose is obviously upset with you for they're something. Not, they're not out to stalk. They're, they're... But let's say this moose does. Okay. You survive the moose encounter and the stalking. You get your, you get in your car and you're like, ha, I win. And you're more likely to get killed by a moose in the car. Is that because you now? Is that statistic well, because you hit a moose? Yeah. So okay. Stati- <laughs> okay. But I wasn't gonna go there. All right. uh, statistics do show. I mean, but hitting I mean, like a I moose, envision the mirror. To- I envision the moose sitting in your back seat, going "Aha!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, he pops out of the back seat. You know, you look in the review. <laughs> there's the moose in there. You know, but. Yeah, hitting the moose, I could see. They're very large creatures. They weigh a lot, and they use their hoofs mainly to trample and stomp. But if you're going to hit them in a car, it's very unlikely that enormity is, you know, the impact. But but, but they also can charge at your car. That's not good. No, we've but, seen that a dozen times But we're talking about the video. trail. We're right. talking about the trail. I just threw in a fun little fact. Um, chances are you're fine. Uh, if you follow all these appropriate steps, they are not one to challenge. Remember, they are the largest of all of them. Do not do not attempt to challenge. But but uh, worst case scenario, you, you know, worst case scenario, you are going to protect all your vital organs, curl up into a ball, use your backpack as a shield. So I think the the moral of the story is when you're driving around moose country. Um, drive slowly. <laughs> drive slowly and don't underestimate how non-safe you are. <laughs> I guess I think that's the moral of this story. I think you're safer hiking the trail than in your car in moose country. Those are the facts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Is it my turn? Yep. Okay. We've got um, coyotes. Okay, I'll take that one. Okay, you're you're in the wilderness. You're in a tent. Oh, I'm already in the tent. Okay, you're in the tent. All right. And you hear in very close proximity, oh, and you know, and you hear leaves rustling around, and you know there are coyotes by. Okay. What do you do? Do do do. do. Well, I know what not to do. <laughs> Do you uh, do you remember the one time that we were we were camping and we were all sitting around the campfire and we heard coyotes off in the distance, full moon. I believe it, it was, was Halloween. Yeah, no, it, it was Halloween too. <laughs> and we we hear them howling, and of course, one of the members in our party decides to talk back, uh, and so the howling fest began. Um, and it was it was really eerie and creepy, and 
you know, we, we heard them getting closer and closer and closer. So that was not a good idea. Uh, do not repeat. It was, it was, it was really beautiful to listen to the sounds, but, um, not advisable, not advisable. Um, I, I thought it was beautiful. it, It was, I, I probably, so I hear them stampering, like scampering around the, my tent. Do I hear, are they circling? Um, no, but we, you, so, I, I, so you and I know that we, you and I have been in, in a lot of situations where the coyotes have been extremely close yes. to camp. Yes. And, and we in, can hear them walking around. Yes. And I'm never really worried by them. I'm, I'm really never worried. I've never, ever had one ounce of worry, fear, trepidation. I don't even think about it when it comes to coyotes because coyotes want nothing to do and have no uh, motivation, inspiration to mess with you. And they're more pack animals look than I, any of the other ones I, that we're discussing here. I was in Panther Den Wilderness in Illinois. I was in I was hammock camping, and to this day, Panther Den is still the scariest, freakiest wilderness I have ever been in. In Illinois, for God's sake. It was just weird. And it was just, it's one of those places where I, I hiked through and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I don't know what it, and I've been in there twice. I don't know what it is about that place, but I was in a hammock and I had coyotes literally next to my hammock. I mean, I, I could feel, I could hear them right next to me. And they didn't do anything. They they're, they they may be curious, but the only time you're ever going to have a coyote encounter ever is if they're rabid. That's the only probably time that, and you're probably going to have that encounter when you have your dog with you. Yeah. yeah. That That's it. I mean, you may have a coyote problem if you have a female dog and she's in heat and she's in your tent. Um, or you may encounter a, a coyote that's rabid. So um, they they they've been more known to attack pets. Um, there's very little to no danger when it comes to people. Uh, the risks are extremely extremely minimal. The majority of attack incidents um, probably could have been um, avoided. Uh, it's usually human behavior that um, invokes them or uh, challenges them in some way. Right. I, I would. And, th- and the, the normal thing is here's the thing. And coyotes are very urban. Right. They're very, very urban. So let's look at this. They're looking for an easy prey. They're yeah, not- but let's look at this. What do we have in almost everybody in their backyard? They've got bird feeders, right? Yeah. Bird feeders, uh, what do they attract? They attract birds and squirrels. What do coyotes eat? Birds and squirrels. So if you have a coyote encounter in your backyard, there's probably, the culprit's probably the bird seed all over the place. Possibly. Or or a small animal. Now, we know in certain areas, um, in Atlanta, for example, when they've redeveloped the land or they have built in land where there's coyote country, we had this problem in one of our our neighborhoods in Atlanta. Um, All of a sudden, in one month, we saw 
um, cat pictures and puppy dog pictures posted on um, telephone poles and light poles because coyotes had come in and, you know, you took away their land. Right. And so they were hungry. Yeah. That's about the only time you'll have coyotes. I think when it comes to coyotes, they probably scare rather easily with you uh, presenting yourself to them uh, just like you would perhaps a bobcat. You know, you're really just going to stand and be assertive at them. You're going to like stand your ground. You're going to like probably yell at them. You're probably going to throw something. They're probably going to be more skittish of you. Yeah, coyotes are going to be a lot more skittish. Stand your ground. Again, any kind of like wildlife, um, you know, prey uh, where you're a part of the food chain, you never turn around and run. You're just going to have to stand your ground, walk backwards, give them room. If you can throw something at them, throw something at them. Um, you never want to get that close to, you know, have to, you know, slap them on the snout. Um, but again, the only time you're going to encounter, you'll hear them, they'll come near your tent, they'll come near your hammock, absolutely, but they just don't want to be by you. I am fairly certain that I encountered a coyote or a small bear, but it's very likely more coyote. Uh, we were doing a boot camp in the Cahutas. No, not in the Cahutas. We were at Dockery Lake. Uh, up oh, towards the, the Appalachian Trail. This Blood was Mountain years ago. Yeah, this was years ago. Um, and, <laughs> you know, we always have our dogs with us, you know. And in this one case, I had, you know, a woman want to borrow one, you know, the, the dogs because she was a little nervous and fearful. And so I was like, sure, borrow out my dog, like rent them for the day. So it'll be an extra charge, please. No, that's not how, it's, it's not how that worked. If I was smart, we it would have been. We actually pay you. <laughs> Here, take the dogs off of our hands. We need the break. I, I woke up in the middle of a dead sleep to the most foul-smelling smell that I, I, I've never smelled anything so pungent and powerful and disgusting. I actually thought that I had urinated myself in my sleep. That's how powerful it was. And I woke up and I was like, whoa. And I felt something and it scurried right past me. And I was like, the one time I don't have my dog. Seriously? It could have been a fox too. It, it could have been a fox too. Uh, something small enough. And it was confirmed because uh, the individual camping near me was up the hill uh, in a hammock. And he had brushed by this this said thing had brushed by and knocked him to where he was rocking and like all night. Um, but yeah, so you know they they are out there, but they're 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 not they're not looking. Um, well, foxes generally will ter- they they mark their territory, and so could you know it? Yeah, it, I was, I'd probably say it, it's it, still iffy. Jury's out on what, fox, it, what, right. what it was, but uh, it was it was pungent. But small enough. Yeah. Or, or a small bear. It could have been. Could have been. Bears mark their territory too. Okay, whose turn? Yours. Oh, my and turn. And you have one last to talk about. Speaking of bears. Okay, my turn. Um, what? And this is the big one. This is where you're hiking and you see a bear. What do you do? Well... So I've encountered bear multiple times on the trail before. So how far away is the bear? He's juggling. 
on the trail. <laughs> well, in that case. <laughs> and he's in the tutu. I'm going to buy two tickets, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, now, realistically, well, you're, you're realistically, backpacking. You're backpacking on the Appalachian Trail, okay? Um, either way, uh, well, we'll I'd say we'll do two scenarios Give because me they're two more different, specifics. two different type of bear. You're hiking the in the you're hiking in Pennsylvania, and you see a bear. The bear is visible um, on the Appalachian Trail. What do you do? And then I'm going to turn that around and say you're on the Pacific Crest Trail, and you you see a bear on the trail there too. What do you do? So the first one's the Appalachian Trail. What do you right. do? I'm in Pennsylvania. I know it's a black bear. So um, I'm not at all concerned unless I see baby cubs walking past. You don't see baby cubs. Well, then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much okay. I'm going to probably be thrilled to have seen it uh, because you don't see them as frequently as you imagine you do. Uh, but I'm just going to let it do its thing unless... Unless it's in my way and, um, you know, it, 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 it's walking towards me. Why would it be then, walking towards you? Is it on the trail like walking right at you? Well, I don't have a lot to work with on this question, so I'm making up scenarios. The bear is, the bear is, is on the trail. It's not going to let you pass. Ah, you're gotcha. about you're about maybe fifty yards away. Okay. The bear is standing on the trail, looking right at you. Okay. What do you do? All right. Well, I'm gonna scream. I'm going to make myself as l- as large and loud as possible. I am not turning my back. Obviously, um, I'm gonna obviously back up and give it its space, but I am going to like stand my ground and be as affirmative as possible in my stance. The bear, for about a second, two seconds, looks like it's gonna charge you. What do you do? I am going to probably drop my pack and then walk, like still make myself extremely assertive, and 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 walk in the other direction. Okay, and. Same thing for the Pacific Crest Trail? No. What do you do on the PCT? How far north am I? You are Pretty in, far north. Yeah, you're in... Uh, you're going to be in Northern California. I... I am... If it's a grizzly, I'm going to be acting a lot different. Brown bear. We're talking about brown bear? Brown bear, black bear. They've got both up there. Right. Can you tell me what kind of bear it is? Uh, it's named Hazel. <laughs> It's uh, it's a friendly bear. It asks you if you have your iPhone and would love to take some selfies with you. I'm gonna bring him on the podcast. So this is this is a big one. This is like you know we're kind of joking around about the bear stuff, but look, um, this is one of the biggest. I don't know if it's a pet peeve of mine. I don't know if it's um, you know when when I hiked the, the trail. In 2003, that this was the most common question I got. Did you see a bear? Did you see a bear? Did, was there any bear out there? Well, you know, the answer is, and I think that's the biggest fear. I, I would have to say it's probably mountain lions or bear. Because in some parts of the country, you're part of that food chain. In other parts of the country, you're not part of that food chain. So what do you do? So let's take the southeast first. Let's talk about the Appalachian Trail and the black bear in the east. 
So here's the reality of the black bear situation. The black bear situation in the Southeast is that they want nothing to do with you. They don't like you. You are a pain in their butts. They don't want to be your friend. They don't want you to pet them. They don't want you to look at them. They just don't want to be around you. So in the case scenario that I gave you, if you saw a bear in the trail and you saw a single bear standing 100 yards away from you on the trail, I would also look up. Are there any young bear up in the trees? Right. Because right. most well, mama she's bears, in if, they, mode. The, if they're in protection mode, they s- instinctively send their young up in the trees and hot right. to climb the trees. Right. And she sends them up there. And then she'll she'll kind of stand around. So if you see a young bear in the tree or you see a black bear up in the tree, that means that they are already in I'm a little scared mode. I'm a little scared mode. So then you ascertain, you know, what your surrounding is. Is there any other black bear around? Do you see any other bear? Now, I've had a lot of bear encounter. A lot. Not one time, never, did a bear actually ever come up to me and say, Hey, what's up? What are you doing? (laughs) You know, let's talk. And never. I've had bear run right across from me on the trail. I mean, literally right across. In fact, it ran so fast in front of me on the trail, I had to think about whether it was a black bear or a dog. <laughs> right, right, right. They are. It ran are. It ran that fast in front of me in front of the trail. I've had a bear 20 yards behind me sniffing in a campfire when I thought it was a person right. coming up from a creek. And I turned around like, oh, you're a bear. <laughs> I've I've encountered a baby bear, a young little cute thing, run across the trail directly in front of me, and my first reaction is, "Whoa, I'm in trouble," because I knew mom knew exactly where I was. That's right. She did not like that I had just like had that close of encounter with her her young, and I was looking all over. I was looking everywhere. And just trying to be as swift to get out of there. Of course, I was hiking with a partner, and (laughs) we were pretty far away. And I and I scream back to her. I go, "Baby cub," and she goes, "Lady cup." (laughs) So we're screaming back and forth. She was convinced that I was screaming "lady cup" at her, and she couldn't understand why in earth I was screaming "lady cup." Uh, so it was a pretty good story, but, uh, mom never serviced, always good. But I, I, my heart was racing there for a second. I, I knew I was too close. I, I, and I think that's the normal reaction. You know, your heart races for a minute, but you, you, you've got to think logically about what, what the situation is. You know, they just, they don't want to be with you. They, they don't want to be around you. So look, real quickly, huge difference. Between bear encounter and bear attack. Huge difference. A bear encounter means you are in somewhat close proximity and you can see the bear. It's on the trail. It's up in the tree. I've seen bear up in the tree driving on forest roads before. The bear may reveal itself to you by running across the trail like it did to me. It, it, it may, you may spook the bear. It, it may just dart out and run. 
We've seen that many, many times. That's a bear encounter. A bear attack is when you are physically in close encounter with the bear. And there's a bear does not want to attack you. The only way, a, there's two ways a bear is going to attack you. One, you are in between you are in between him and his food source, which is your food bag you did not properly hang in the backcountry. Two, it feels so threatened that it that the baby cubs you around and mama bear is going to probably bluff charge you first. And a bluff charge is get back. It will bluff charge you. And that's usually when people turn around and run. And in grizzly country, that means you are now food. Yep. And we'll say that again. Bears will bluff charge you. They'll do a two-second real quick run at you. You Enough for you to panic. And in grizzly country, when you turn around and run, you are now a food source. In black bear country, it's the same bluff charge. You just walk, keep walking backwards. You have to keep cool. When you see a bear, you just got to keep cool. The funny thing I love about most tidbits about when you see a bear, what what should you do? I love the part where it says, get out pots and pans and make out make make as much noise as you can. Like, dude, if I have a backpack on and I see a bear <laughs> and it's charging me, I what I mean, like it's going to be a minute. You yeah, know, like, can you just can you just wait a second? Yeah. I need to I need yeah. to gear up yeah. for a moment. Yeah. Bear, just just hold on for a second. I'm gonna take off my backpack. Let me dig in my backpack. Let me get my pots and pans out so I can make as much noise. I love that. Make as much noise as you can by clinging pots and pans. Like if if that's what I've gotta do, I might as well just kiss my ass goodbye. <laughs> because there is no way. So most of the time, yelling, um, you know, taking you to hiking poles, raising them um, up over your head, really making loud noise, and even sometimes, oh god, I, I, even sometimes, running at the bear, yelling as loud as you can. Now I've done it. The bear left when it was in that fire pit. Did I run up the run up the bear? Absolutely, I did. I ran right at that bear, and it left. It ran. So did another guy, by the way. So we, we <laughs> it, was a, it was a double team effort. I can't take full credit. The, the, the guy also ran away from you or ran at the bear? No, he was in another campsite, <laughs> and he ran at the bear. We, we actually so flanked. I'm envisioning the bear and the guy running away from you. Yeah. <laughs> in normal circumstances, that could have been true. But... No, we flanked the bear. Like he, like it was perfect timing. We both like he Brilliant. was running across, and I was running at the bear. Well and, played. And I actually have a photograph of that. Actually, of course, in my, of, of you know, in my haste of chasing the bear, I've, I did snap a photograph. But um, do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> I know, but the I, that's well it wasn't a campground it was different it wasn't on the trail i never would have been able to take a photograph on the trail you were you were going you were running towards it for the epic hug and the selfie no no we were no we were definitely trying to get the bear out of camp later we found out when a ranger had pulled up that someone had dropped uh, a bunch of chicken bone in that fire pit 
and the, he said the bear will be there every day. He said, yeah, you scared off the bear today, but it'll be there tonight you know, a few hours later. And that's the problem with bear overall. That, that's, that's a huge problem. So let's, let's kind of keep talking about that because I know that's, that's, a huge, uh, well, that's a huge part. So if you see a bear and it looks like it's going to be aggressive, I'll, nine, I would say 9.9 times out of 10, it's because mama bear... Has got cubs around, and it's, you know, it's it's worried about you. You, she thinks you're a threat, so you make yourself look as big as possible. You know, you spread your arms, you put your hiking poles in the air, like we said. You you want to make noise, you want to bang things, just as yell at the bear. I mean, it's okay to yell at the bear. The bear is not going to get its hurt feelings hurt. <laughs> okay, you can call it all kinds of names. Whatever. Get your aggression out. Um, now, here's the difference. If you are ever attacked by a black bear, if the black bear says, well, you know, I just don't like you. Um, I don't like the names you just called me. Those were inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Those, those names are very offensive to me. And it's going to kick your ass on the trail. If you are now out of an encounter and right. into an attack. If you are in a full-fledged bear attack. So if a bear comes up to you and attacks you, which is so rare, you guys. I mean, I, I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you this stat. It's going to blow you away. It's going to blow you away. If, if you are attacked by a bear, black bear, by a black bear in the southeast. Do not play dead. Know your bear. Bears are different. <laughs> know your bear. Know the, know the bear you're going to have to fight to death with. You want to know who you're going to scrap with, right? So do not play dead. You want to you want to try to escape the bear. <laughs> Here's the bad news. Um you're you're gonna have to fight with the bear. It's gonna be a good old fashioned street fight with a black bear. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to sugarcoat it in a way, but knives out. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be a good old fashioned street fight with the bear and try to punch it in the nose. You know, as hard as you can. At that point, you are in full on protect your vital organs from nope. as little bodily harm as you can and or go into major attack mode. Yeah, it, and it's so rare, you guys. I'm going to give you these stats in a minute, um, but it's so it's so rare. In a, in a brown bear attack, it's completely different because you're prey. That, that's the big difference. If you're hiking out west in the Pacific Northwest in Alaska... You see a brown bear, grizzly bear, you're a prey. You're part of the food chain. So in that case, grizzly bear, you do play dead. You do just play dead. And so don't misunderstand the difference between grizzly bear and black bear. Grizzly bear, you play dead. You are part of the food chain. Black bear, they, they're, they're going to eat berries. They're vegetarians. They're not going to eat you. Okay? So that's a huge, huge difference in in that at all so let me now that we've you know scared the crap out of everybody <laughs> um i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of read you a story a little bit and i want you to really think about this when it comes to wildlife okay all wildlife and but the bear thing is always a big it, that, that's always the big thing right so the residents of hemlock farms i love that name in pennsylvania it's not that far away from the Appalachian Trail. Hemlock Farms in Pennsylvania. 7,000 residents share 
or seven square mile little town with over 20 black bear. That's three bears per square mile, a higher density than is found in any national park. In that town, seeing a bear is not only a problem, it's pretty regular. They enjoy seeing the bears. Nobody, not one, never, ever has ever been killed by a black bear. No one in Hemlock Farms, Pennsylvania. They leave them alone. At the same time, Hemlock Farms goes to great lengths to secure garbage. And they impose heavy fines for people that don't. In other words, they don't have feed the bear signs everywhere. They secure their garbage. Bears come into town. They walk down the middle of the street. They walk down the sidewalk. Never has one person ever been killed. They live in harmony with something that we fear. Because they both respect each other. Right. Hemlock Farms, they understand if we don't protect our garbage and food, we have a bear problem. The bears have never associated humans with food in Hemlock Farms, Pennsylvania. Never. As a matter of fact, it's pretty narcissistic (laughs) to believe that us humans are so important that a bear wants to come and say hello to us. (laughs) (laughs) The simple truth is wild animals on the trail in the wilderness in the national park want nothing to do with us. <laughs> we have entered their territory and therefore we're disruptive to them. And what's their only reaction? Well, it's kind of like this. It's like if if somebody walked into our house right now as we're sitting here doing this podcast right, right. and said, hey man, can I, can I take a look around? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to see what you got and uh, I'd like to take your photographs. <laughs> We'd be like, um, okay, Get the out <laughs> <Yeah>. of our house. <laughs> yeah, like, like, what are you doing here? And um, please leave. Please leave, right? Actually, I don't think there would be a please imposed on that. Probably not. And he's like, well, I'm just gonna hike right through. So I, I think we have to t- kind of take that attitude: is that we are in their home. I mean, we're in their home, and so of course they're gonna defend it. Of course, they're going to say, why? So the wildlife question is what to do when you see wildlife on the trail and what to do when you see something that that you normally don't see. Bear, mountain lion, uh, what, skunk, who cares? You know, rabid red squirrel. Is that back off. Don't invite wildlife into your campground by burning food in the fire. Sleeping with food in your tent. Leaving nuts. If you don't want a rabid, you know, mouse coming in. Right. You know, and eating through all your stuff, don't leave nuts in your backpack. (laughs) It, it, it's all, I, I know this is, it, it's like when I say it, like I can't envision people even doing it, but they do. 
Right, right. They well, do there's all a the disassociation, time. a complete disassociation. So in Yellowstone National Park, where bears are present, the odds that you will be attacked by a bear, because, you know, Yellowstone's always been associated with bears, and they've had a huge bear problem getting into cars. Right. I mean, they've spent millions of dollars trying to prevent bears from breaking into cars. Right. Millions. Now, which was, which is funny because, you know, you would think that they would spend millions and millions of dollars protecting bears from, you know, killing people. But that seems not the case. It's <laughs> they're breaking into cars, right? Right. Okay. So what do you think are the odds of you being killed by a black bear in Yellowstone? Oh, one last question. Um... Well, I don't think it's I don't think it's very high. I don't think it's very high. I don't think I don't think it's very high. I'm going to say 1 in 1 in 1000. Okay. The odds of you being killed by a black bear in Yellowstone are 1 in 2.7 million. Really? <laughs> yes. Black bears have killed ready? Here we go. Huge stat. Bears have killed a total in North America since 1900, <laughs> okay, since 1900. We're going back into history, folks. 61 people. Killed? 61? Killed. Yeah. And I, I'd be interested to understand what the injury stats are, but... but well, I think in 19... like Let's let's even say like 1901. <laughs> Probably not a lot of wilderness first aid out there. I'm just saying. So... The chances of being killed by a black bear, you are more likely to be killed by uh, by a domestic dog, <laughs> bees, as we've encountered in our front yard. I'm, so I'm right, definitely when, going down in we, our front when yard. When we take Dino and Caledonia out tomorrow, we're more than likely being killed by those those bees. They're not murder hornets, but the bees in our front yard than we are a black bear in Yellowstone. We're more than likely to be killed by lightning. That stat, I believe. We're more likely to be a victim of a crime walking back to the car from a parking lot than a trail. So if you look at stats, if you want to be safe from wildlife and really be safe at all, um, the safest place a person can be is in the woods. All right, let's all head out to the woods. that, That is... so. I think that, you know, we wanted to, there are some, there are some basic common sense and some, some basic, I got to be careful when you're out on the trail. Absolutely. Right. right. Absolutely. You have to do your research. You have to know, we always say, you've got to know where you're hiking. If mountain lions and cougars are a factor of the trail that you're hiking on, then be prepared. If you are hiking the Appalachian Trail and you are worried about black bear, then get to know the facts about what you're going to do and how you're going to react when you see it. If you're hiking the Pacific Crest Trail and you are worried about you know mountain lions and brown bear up north, know what you're dealing with. And I think the biggest part of not being able to encounter wildlife or knowing what to do 
When you do encounter wildlife, whether it's snakes, skunks, coyotes, wolves, mountain lions, black bear, brown bear, giraffes, elephants, and long-haired geese. <laughs> Long, long-haired geese. Yeah, that's a song. That was uh, <laughs> from the Lincoln Park Zoo back in uh, Chicago. <laughs> some honky peck camels and some chimpanzees. Um, some cats and rats and elephants. So all the above. All the above. Um, is you you just gotta you you, you gotta do your research and and be confident on the trail that most wildlife just they just don't want to be around you. It we we are very narcissistic as a as humans thinking that wildlife wants to get us. They want to get us. They want to get you. They're gonna get me on the trail. That's that's a that's a, the furthest thought from the mind the only time they want to get you is when you piss them off and isn't that our human nature you know like aren't we the same way if someone comes up and invades our space or they come up to us and they say you know whatever don't we get a little irked and we get a little protective it's really the same thing so um yeah i i definitely I definitely think that is. So we're going to answer this big question. This is a this is a big question. This is huge. The P question. We talked about it. This is the name of the podcast. Right. So here's the here's here's the pro tip. And uh, so I I'm for for years I did this wrong, and I thought I was doing it right, but I'm I was wrong, and totally admit that. Um, we get a lot of a uh, banter. And we, we hear a lot of, we, we see a lot of posts around, I'm going to pee around my campsite. I'm going to urinate around my campsite, and that's going to keep the wildlife away. Right. Claim your territory I'm going to claim my territory. <laughs> so I'm going to pee a perimeter, which is a lot of urine, by the way. If you can pee a big circle around your campsite, you, you've drank a lot of water that night. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, is what you think is distracting wildlife. And there's only one in this group that qualifies. What you think is what you're distracting, you're actually attracting. Right. So let's break that down. What's in your urine? Salt. What do bears and other wildlife... And bobcats, what do they like? They like salt. And so when you urinate around your campsite, you're actually not deterring animals that you don't want. You're actually attracting them. And that's the bad news we have for you today. <laughs> so you want to pee. You don't want to pee next to your tent. That's for sure. Um, and I think... That was one of the things that I made the mistake of when I did the trail. Um, I had a bear encounter that he did kind of a crazy eight in between two tents, my tent and another person's tent. We hung our food appropriately. We had no food. We did everything right, which I think was probably a good thing. Um, and the bear came in and he did kind of a crazy eight. He came in, he walked around my tent. Walked around the other guy's tent, came around, 
and sniffed because I could hear the sniffing, but I was so tired I didn't care. Um, but guess what I did? I had I had peed by my tent. You thought marking your territory was going to deter wildlife for a long time. Yeah, I did. A lot of people have that misconception. It, yeah, and that's wrong. So the only animal that you're going to deter is a skunk. Ironically enough, Sk- <laughs> skunks hate human it is pee. Rather ironic. Yeah. So they, you would think they'd be attracted. To well, the smell. no, it's kind of like karma for a, for a skunk. <laughs> you know, like you've sprayed me and my dog hundreds of times. Here, there you go. Um. But I, I can see that. But as far as bear, mountain lions, and any other big wildlife you don't want around your campsite, do not pee around your tent. It's an invitation. It is an invitation because bears, you know, they have smelled everything in the wilderness, you guys. If you think that they have not smelled everything in the wilderness, you are living in a fantasy world. They know everything. And when they come around your campground and they smell something salty... They're going to be curious, and they're going to come in your campground. And that is the hard fact truth about peeing around your campsite. It doesn't deter squat. (laughs) 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 I I don't know what to say. Even if you squat to pee. Even if you squat to pee. You got a joke of mine. Yeah, pee to squat, squat to pee. I did. That was a good one. That was awesome. Anyway, you guys, we we hope we we gave you some value on this podcast as far as, you know, some tips, things to think about when you're out there and, you know, uh, and wildlife. Remember, odds are, statistically speaking, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast... We'd really appreciate it if you posted a comment on Apple Podcast or on iTunes and help us spread the word of our podcast. We'd really appreciate uh, a review on any of the our, our podcasters or any of the podcasters you listen to. Shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. Of course, our Facebook members gave us the idea of the podcast on that. So we really appreciate that. Um, of course, our patrons who also help support the podcast, Ted Jones. Dave Boyer, John Phillips, Rick Hornick, Jerry Burleson, Shirley Nutt, Jerry, Suzanne Johnson, Brad Wolf, Helene, Mike Pellet, Jacqueline, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tuppendorf, Je- Jeff Nyman, Kathy Kinnison, Bob Esser, Matthew Creecroft, Vicki Thomason, Becky Wenger, Jill Lang, and E.J. Newell. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account. Go to Trust the Trail Podcast, and as little as $2 a month, get special benefit for exclusive content. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the big ones. If we're not on your favorite podcatcher, please let us know. We will definitely get one get on that for you. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail and our Facebook page, Trust the Trail. Remember, the trail gives you everything that you need, no matter who or what you encounter. By just trusting the trail, they wildlife will communicate to you <laughs> what it Stay wants. Away. What it wants you to do. So, if you remember two words, 
back off. <laughs> That's a big, big thing. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, the trail gives you everything you need. So Trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.